That was a holdover from the uh, Super Bowl wrap-up one. Uh, welcome back to the Water Cooler Checkdown Podcast. My name is Ian Linehan. And I'm Corey Walsh. And introducing our intern, now staff member, Cy Kazarian. Welcome, Cy. Thank you, Corey. It's an honor to be on the pod. Welcome to payroll, bitch. <laughs> Hope you're able to splash some cash. This is uh, the trade deadline day after podcast. We didn't do an emergency one because unlike everyone else, we wanted to let it soak in a little bit. And let everyone else just say the generalities of the trade deadline, thoughts and opinions. So we're going to start. I mean, that was a pretty crazy trade deadline. I mean, in past years, it's really been hit or miss for some of these. Like last year, there were 19 trades total in the whole season. And in this, right before the trade deadline, uh, like the Thursday morning, there was already 19 trades. And it doubled to 38. It's been pretty exciting. <laughs> Been pretty good trade deadline. Very entertaining. Yesterday was a very active day in the NBA world. I mean, they were not like the headline deals that we were all expecting, but there was no Anthony Davis movement. To me, every deal is a Woj bomb. Exactly. Like the Jabari Bird for literally nothing. Sizzling. Thanks, (laughs) Woj. We'll talk about why that was more important later. True. But for now, we're going to just go jump right in. And uh, I'll ask the question, um... What was the most surprising deal of the trade deadline that really hit you hard? Ian, we can start with you. Hmm. For me, for me, it's a toss-up between the Harrison Barnes deal and Miritich. But I'm going to say the Harrison Barnes deal. So I really just didn't see that coming out of I saw it, or no, I didn't see that coming at all. Sometimes I forget how this language works. Um, it's a really good deal for them, though, because it clears up a lot of cap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think the Kings just got a little bit better, and I think in that Western Conference they're a very big surprise. So it's very surprising to me. For those who didn't know, that trade was the Mavs received Justin Jackson, who's a good rookie project, and well, not rookie. He's a young project, and uh, Zach Randolph Zebo, a Memphis legend, oh. and in return the Kings got Harrison Barnes and his really awful contract. I don't mind that for the Kings, though. I think it's going to help them fight for that playoff spot. They oh, want. no. I think the Kings definitely needed Harrison Barnes more than the Mavs did, so it was definitely a more worthwhile deal for them. I mean, the Kings are fighting for postseason contention, and the Mavs kind of they decided they're not going to play Porzingis for the rest of the season. So we'll talk about that trade later, too. And next year's a big year for them, anyways. Yeah, exactly. This is like a stepping stone year for both teams, really, but the Kings are closer to actually making a splash than the Mavs were at the end of the day. This year was bad for the Celtics, though, because they have the Kings pick, and now they're probably, or they might get that eighth seed, and it'll be outside the lottery. It's very true. Not like the Celtics need any more picks, because <laughs> darn if one doesn't happen, they have like 10 more waiting. What, what did you think, Cy? Si? The most surprising trade for me was probably the Porzingis trade. Yeah, that really came out of nowhere. Yeah. He had that meeting with the Knicks where he expressed that he wanted to be traded, and then it was like 15 minutes later he was already dealt. So I think the Knicks have been shopping him for a while now and just haven't expressed that to the public yet. But yeah, A bit of a quick meeting, Kristaps. I was so upset. I don't really mind the trade for either team, though. No, I actually think it's pretty good for both. I don't like it as much for the Knicks because I know they freed up a lot of cap room, but... I, I think don't that's think that's why it's the biggest thing for the Knicks. Yeah, they have room for two max contracts now, but I don't think they're the biggest free agent destination. If they're they weren't located in New York, this would not be 
any level. amount of a desirable team. James Dolan kills that franchise for every player that could potentially want to go to it. I don't think any big name free agents want to go to New York. I really like the, I I I think there's a chance that KD goes, but the thing is, I think this trade was terrible for the Knicks in my opinion because you got rid of probably, you should, your team is so bad. The franchise guy. Your franchise guy that you that you were the only ones that had trusted in him when you drafted him because everyone else shit on that pick the minute it happened. And then once he had his stellar season, everyone's like, oh, you know, I guess this pick's okay. They boot him on draft night. Yep. And then you have the Stephen A. Smith rant. Who the hell is Porzingis? <laughs> and then you basically trade him away for two people who are going to get bought out. No, I'm sorry. Wesley Matthews got traded to the Pacers. But... DeAndre Jordan's going to get bought out, and then probably you wanted Dennis Smith. He's a solid piece, I guess. Dennis Smith was getting offered for, like, pennies, <laughs> and no one really took him. But the Knicks are like, you know what? That sounds pretty sweet. I'll throw Porzingis your way. <laughs> Smith and Kevin Knox could be a pretty good duo in the future. Yeah, you know, if I'm KD and I'm looking at the Knicks, I'm like, you know, <laughs> this looks pretty sweet. Tempts the crap out of me. <laughs> the Dennis Smith and Kevin Knox. Two really rough projects. Let's see how they do together. I mean, I'll, I'll just uh, – also, I, I believe they got two first-round picks out of that deal, but those picks – if the, the Mavs are going to be good next year, so those picks are worthless. They're going to be like in the Probably high 20s. In the 20s, yeah. Like 23 or 24, I don't know. I don't know if they're a top six team actually overall, so probably low 20s. But – I don't know that that trade. I, I think the Knicks are to, like they have to believe that KD's going there after they made that trade because you would not make that big of a needle shifting move for your team if you weren't just, like the Knicks are not that stupid to be like you know what let's clear the cap and I then think, be like at the end of the season I think they might be that stupid. Well, they, there's a good chance, but like they would be like let's clear it up for Tobias Harris and Butler and recreate a sweet new Knicks team because no one else is going to sign Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a dick. He's no, not gonna be no the. Wants him. He's not gonna be the player that gets. The, he's gonna be the player that gets the max contract last. It's gonna be the person who swung out on Durant and Kyrie. The Clippers. That, that's my prediction. Or Kawhi, actually. You think Kyrie might go to the Knicks? I think there's a chance. You believe that all that? I think Kyrie I is pretty. At the end of the day, he doesn't have any loyalty to no matter where he goes. He can have shoot all these commercials saying he's loyal to the Celtics. Like I want my jersey hung up with the Raptors. No, you don't. You just want to be happy, and you want people not to like go against you and just go with the flow. But him and Tatum do Dunkin' Donuts commercials. That's true. And they, have great, that up. they have great charisma, but I can see him also literally doing it with Frank Nidalinka in New York and be just don't as happy. Don't forget Dennis Smith Jr. Nope, I did. And Shit. I'm totally fine with Frank Nidalinka. I think Kyrie's leaving, too. I think the Celtics should want Kyrie to leave. I I think that team could be a lot better without him. I wrestled which sounds with that really a weird. Lot. I know, but you could just get like a Ricky Rubio type to play the point guard, and I think that team would flow a lot better. That team like Kyrie they just, did really well with Marcus Smart as their starting point guard. I'm just saying, like I'm just throwing like a middle yeah, of yeah. the pack point guard. Rajon Rondo, <laughs> what a buzzer beater last night. Oh yeah, we are also recording this on uh, Friday, the day right after the. Rajon Rondo, buzzer beater. The day the after dagger. the finals preview. <laughs> I like that. Hot takes only. Take the mic from me, bro. Not a hot take, by the way. Celtics Lakers. Not a bad take. 
I uh, okay. <laughs> what was your most surprising trade? Here? I think the most surprising for me was the 76ers, not the Tobias Harris trade. I think it was what they did after it where they continued to st- – because like, the major thing that happened out of their past two trades with the Butler trade and the Tobias Harris trade is that it really depleted their bench. And somehow they were able to recuperate a pretty decent bench out of more trades. They trade away Markel Fultz to the Magic for to get Jonathan Simmons, and they traded away their Thunder – the Thunder's first pick of this year and a second – Cavs' second-round pick next year. And then they also got James Ennis from the Rockets for not much, if I remember correctly. It was uh, James Ennis for a 2021 20, second-round pick, which is chump change because second-round picks are getting thrown around in this trade deadline yeah. like it's nothing. I would know because the Cavs literally have six. <laughs> Philly also picked up Mike Scott and Boban. That's true. Boban. Boban is going to be a cult hero along next yeah. to Joel Embiid. That's going to be a good combination. That'd be a funny combo. That's going to be some great On memes Twitter. to come out of that. NBA Twitter is pretty crazy. So they're you know they're going to come up with some good stuff. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think those were pretty shocking because I like the Tobias Harris one, no one there was not a single rumor I saw that said that Tobias Harris was A, on the trade market, and B, going to Philly. Like, I thought Philly, if they were going to – I didn't see Philly, like, really adding that much, unless it was, like, Bradley Beal maybe was the only big player I could think they would get. Clears up a lot of room for two free agents this summer, though. That was a very good move for the Clippers. Yeah. Do you think it's it's Kawhi and potentially AD? No. I think AD's going to the Lakers, if anything. Okay. But I could see Kawhi possibly going there, but I don't know. He bought the house in California, that's the thing. so that's that's yeah. pretty promising. But yeah. no, dude, he's just window shopping. <laughs> he's just window shopping, guys. Purely decorative. And Tobias Harris was going to leave in three months, anyways. So I think they made out very well with what they got for him. I agree with that, and um, it's just very interesting because no one saw that coming at all. Like you just said, there were no rumors. Not even the night before, there was no indication. And then we all woke up, and everybody was going crazy. Yeah, I woke up. I remember looking at my phone, and the first like notification from Bleacher Report I had said, 76ers intend to re-sign Harris and Butler. And I'm like, is this like a t- typo? Because you know like how your notifications stack if it's from the same app over and over? Yeah. I, so then I clicked it to expand. I'm like, wait, what? They got Tobias Harris for what? Yeah. And then I realized, I'm like, that was like a low Andrew key. Andrew Shamit, Mike Muscala, the, couple first the, rounders. Or yeah. Maybe? I don't know. See, I don't think Tobias Harris was going to leave because I think the Clippers honestly have a chance of only landing one marquee player. So I feel yeah. like he was going to be in their plans regardless. And they would off, be able to offer him the most money. So if they offered it, he wouldn't have left. And plus, honestly, no matter how like borderline all star Tobias Harris is, I don't think many teams were like going to be like, "This is the piece we needed to complete." Tobias this year, you wouldn't see LeBron asking like Tobias Harris to come to the Lakers. Be like, "Yo, you would be like our third piece. He'd be great." That's a really good point. I don't know. I can't think of many teams that are stacking up for super teams that would like want Tobias Harris in their plans. So I think Tobias Harris being the fourth on this team with that good of a bench yeah, that's the thing. is like honestly the best place he could have gone to. But also the Clippers are smart because they realized 
that they would rather have a lower draft pick than just fight for the eighth seed when they know they're going to be in a rebuild anyway for next season. So I thought overall that was pretty smart. I think that we're going to talk about this later too, but I think this makes the 76ers a very, very, very legit contender in the East. It definitely moves them. They're kind of an afterthought after the the Raptors and Celtics. And even the Bucks. And the Bucks. I'm sorry, Giannis. And the Bucks. But yeah. I like the Nets this year. I like the Nets too. We can spend a few minutes to talk about the Nets. I mean the the Nets. If you're a Celtics fan, you're just it just is so ironic that once the Nets picks fall out of the hands of the Celtics, they're good again. So that was pretty cool. D'Angelo Russell obviously is having an amazing year. All star. Without Karis LeVert, who is a huge part of that team, and he's coming back. He's coming back very soon. Yep. Is it tonight? That was tonight. That's good. Tonight is when the team fully comes back to being dominant. And they got Greg Monroe. That was a good veteran pickup. The They do lack a few good veterans on that Nets team. It's a lot of just, like, travel, like, constantly traveling players. Mercenaries, as they called it on yesterday's game. For Apparently an, a vet that no one really wants is a mercenary. <laughs> and um, their coach is really doing a great job with the roster. And Dinwiddie and Russell together is a pretty good combo. Now Dinwiddie's out for a He's few weeks. He's out for a few weeks, yeah. And Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's just being a baller. Jared oh, Allen, another solid J- piece. Blocking every superstar in the league. <laughs> You're next. You just don't know it. But, oh, yeah, the Nets, Um, I mean, that was their only move they really made during this trade yeah, deadline. Yeah, they didn't do much. Which is, they don't really have much to work with, so that was kind of expected. But why would you touch something that's already working? They're beating good teams at a consistent rate. They're exceeding expectations this year. They, sh- yeah, I mean, they have like players like Joe Harris, who's now in the three-point shooting contest. <laughs> Former Cav. <laughs> they're sixth in the East right now, and it looks like they're probably locked into that spot. I don't see the Hornets. I think the Pacers will fall, so they'll probably jump with Oladipo being hurt. Yeah, I think they're getting to that five. Mm-hmm. I think five's their. What lock. do you think of Indiana? I think Indiana is going to still make the playoffs, but they're going to probably drop to, like, 6th or 7th. Because they're third right now, and they're seven and a half games above the Nets. I think it's just, they didn't really get much lately. They got Wesley Matthews, who's not even going to remotely replace Victor Lee. They would close. need, like, a Tyreek Evans MVP king season to break him back into, like, them staying in that spot. I think they'll probably have a really bad – remainder of the season probably like uh, pretty close to below 500 and the nets i feel like will just continue to soar and essentially take that spot all these top teams in the east made really good moves i think every team that thought they had a chance definitely made some big pushes and now that lebron's out of the east this is the year any one of these teams could make the finals yep it's it's weird because i was thinking about it last for the past like three years it's been well you know LeBron's the lock out of the East, and you know now Golden State's the lock out of the West, so it was like destiny. But at least now one of the teams, there's a chance. I think for the most part that's in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Yeah. And LeBron was just saying a little while ago, he's like, oh, teams are just making all these deals now because they know they don't have to – the East doesn't run through me anymore. I love how LeBron's being an absolute dick outside him. <laughs> oh, my God. When you call yourself the GOAT, believe it or not, no one's like, I agree with you. I know. I'm an asshole. So, speaking of terrible things, let's talk about the worst trade. The one that made zero sense. Hmm. I'm, For, still, I'm still thinking. You want to go? Yeah. Um, 
so last year, if anyone remembers, that the Pelicans team that lost Boogie came out like gangbusters in that series against the Blazers and completely swept them off their feet. And a huge part of that team was Nikola Mirotic. And for some reason, the GM of that was like, hmm, you know, we're, we're going to screw the Lakers over and keep Anthony Davis, but how can we piss him off in a different way? Let's trade one of our really good players for absolutely nothing. Okay, yep, that sounds cool. That's exactly what they did by trading him to the Bucks, who just got way better by adding Nicole Miritich, who is an extremely good player on, like, both ends of the court. And they got – basically, they gave the Pelican – oh, I'm sorry – Detroit was also included in this deal because two days earlier there was Thank a Thon God. Maker for Stanley Johnson straight up trade, and then they threw that into a three team deal. So the Bucks got Nikola Mirotic, the Pelicans got Stanley Johnson, Denver's twenty second team twenty twenty nineteen second round pick, Milwaukee's twenty twenty second round pick, Washington's twenty twenty second round pick, and Washington's twenty twenty one second round pick. I wasn't joking before. Literally, all these trades involved second-round picks, and the Pelicans just picked up four <laughs> for Nikola Mirotic, who's a good player. <laughs> I think Mirotic is a huge upgrade over Thonmaker for them. <laughs> I cannot help stretch dis- the floor <laughs> some more. That is a wild take, sign. Way to come in guns blazing. Welcome to payroll. <laughs> your dollar bills are gonna blaze upon your touch. <laughs> a trade for me that wasn't. I don't think bad, but just not good was the Heat trading Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington for, I believe, just Ryan Anderson. Yeah, they just really took that expiring contract. It was a pretty good deal. Ryan Anderson is traveling the country this past year. He's been everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, overall really good time for them. I don't don't think it was terrible for the Heat because they're going to save some money not having to pay Tyler Johnson. They're going to clear up some space in that backcourt, give other guys like Josh Richardson some more touches and time on the court. But they're just kind of cutting their losses, getting rid of Tyler Johnson. They traded one bad contract for two bad contracts. For those who don't know, uh, Ryan Anderson is uh, guaranteed 15.6 of his $21.3 million contract next season. Last time I checked, I haven't seen him step on the court. (laughs) <laughs> so bills, you're kind of paying for like a player coach is that Brian Anderson lacks the experience to be a player coach. So you're just paying for a coach. <laughs> I've always said Ryan Anderson is a lot like Bill Russell in that aspect. You're paying Ryan Anderson more than the Spurs play p- pay pop. That's dope. <laughs> Think of how he wins. He's going to contribute to that winning culture in Miami. Also, does anybody else remember the f- extreme amount of faith? That the Heat put in Tyler Johnson like two off seasons ago. Well, the Met, the it was like a four year, fifty million dollar deal. It was because yeah. the Nets offered it, and he was a restricted free agent. And they're like, "We love you. You look like a drug dealer in Miami. <laughs> so here, we'll match it. <laughs> Viva la Miami. <laughs> Please don't turn out to be a kingpin." Uh, most disappointing for me. Hmm. I don't really know. I think. I think a lot of these trades were good for both teams. I agree. And, I mean, I guess if I had to pick one most disappointed – well, f- yes, for me personally, I'm most disappointed about Christos Porzingis, who is my favorite player in the NBA. And so I wanted to see him succeed in New York. I really thought that they could get the eighth seed this year without him. Um, but now it's just Morales at an 
all-time low. Uh, you're right. What's his name? Jim Dolan? Frank Dolan? Jim Dolan. Jim Dolan. James Dolan? James Dolan. Where'd I get Frank? Does anybody know? That's weird. Frank no clue. Frank Nidalinka. It's just a hybrid. Um, French Prince. Jim Dolan <laughs> is just a huge asshole. So that was disappointing. But at the same time, I think it is good for them because it cleared up a lot of cap. You know, a lot of room for two potential stars, as we talked about. Who knows what's going to happen, but I don't know. It's just disappointing to me. Only because only I love Kristaps. Um, also, for worse trades, um, I'm just going to... I don't really have this as like something to talk about, but... Actually, no, yeah, we'll, we'll save it. We'll jump right in. Uh, some winners and losers. I'll just start off fresh. Uh, the losers. Uh, there's one team that lost extremely hard than anyone else, and that was LeBron's team, ironically, who usually wins, and that's the Lakers. They, what do you mean? Uh, they got, like, Manti Teo'd on the Anthony Davis <laughs> trade, <laughs> and it was pretty Wait, hard. this isn't real? <laughs> what do you mean we're not getting Anthony Davis for literally our entire roster of young players? <laughs> I think Brian Winters from ESPN probably lost like 80 pounds just from reporting everything that was going on with this. He's like, sources tell me that LeBron says that this isn't actually real. LeBron is pooping, but at the same time, LeBron's on balls on the trade block. <laughs> this LeBron is absolutely wants crazy. Phoenix? Why is my waist slimming? Uh, it is absolutely. I have never I seen like a LeBron. That's obvious. Like, oh. I don't like Brian Winters. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. um pretty crazy because lebron teams at the trade deadline like last year the Cavs were super efficient with their trades and were able to just constantly make these deals out of thin air and this year that was not shown and i could argue a thousand times that the front office of the lakers is better than the Cavs front office was last year with colby altman and david griffin with magic johnson and rob palenka that's way better i would agree with that and yet they just couldn't pull it off did i say david griffin Oh, crap. I, I meant, um, I meant da- Dan Gilbert. <laughs> uh, yeah, they tried really hard for that Anthony Davis thing. They offered two deals, and the, the second deal offered all four of their young players, Zubach, Lance Stevenson. Michael Beasley, I think, was part of the And Michael Beasley deals. and two first-rounders. And that deal would have compromised eight players. Comprised of eight players. That is insane. For one, and oh, I'm sorry. They also had to throw in Solomon Hill in order to make that, that deal like work. the KG deal, you know? Yeah, all those players just for one. Is that how that worked out? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty sweet for one side. And in typical LeBron fashion, the trades that they did make were just trading young guys for vets, and getting rid of Svi and Zubak for who they get Muscala. Yep, and they got they they traded Michael Beasley and Ivaka Zubac for. Mike Muscala, then in a separate deal, they, they traded got Reggie Bullock. They got Reggie Bullock for Zvi Mulevic and a second round pick. Another second round pick. I know, this is really hard to believe. Apparently, second round picks are the hottest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, I. Faster than a hooker in Manchester. <laughs> I hope nobody picked that up. <laughs> and then. Uh, so, everyone's now wondering, like, what the hell is this Lakers team? Because now they all hate each other. Not everyone. They all hate LeBron, yep. I should say. Did you see the space on the bench the other night? Yeah. There were, like, three spaces. LeBron was at the very end, and all the young guys were <laughs> That shows chemistry, yep. if anything. And then Lonzo posted that snap video of the, uh, we're ain't going nowhere, because we're bad boys. <laughs> we're bad boys for, for life. life. 
Um, I don't know. This has happened the past two or maybe even three seasons. You'd be able to remember more than I do being a Cavs fan. But um, this this is so typical of a LeBron-led team. It's like, There's this little bit of disappointment right around, right after the deadline, and then all of a sudden they start coming together. And I know click. that. Yeah, they cl- last night the Lakers had 22 three-pointers. That was a franchise record for them. That was a huge win for them. Yeah. That was big. Yeah. If they lost that game, that that just I mean that would have been any LeBron team, finding, but that would have been like kind of indicative, like oh, there's a problem here. But they all came together and we're all clicking. <laughs> it's just gonna happen for them now that he's back. I don't think it's gonna be at the same effect that it's been for the Cavs because one, the Cavs teams no. I think were better. Yes. And two, the conference was way worse. Yeah, I agree. So I think this Lakers team. I said in the beginning of the season, I, I'm gonna stick with it. They're like borderline sixth or seventh or eighth. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it. I don't know. I this mean, team just doesn't have the veteran them. experience to make it. You could say Reggie Bullock's a veteran. Reggie, who? The, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's there's like forever. there's rumors they're gonna pick up Mello. Mello is like the Jimmy Butler of like the sh- like small forwards. This guy doesn't play good basketball anymore. Like, at least Jimmy Butler's good on the court, but Melo just comes and sits his fat ass down and just shoots threes. <laughs> it's stupid. No impact Melo. He'll be there. I guarantee you they'll buy. They'll they'll sign Melo. I will be extremely shocked. I don't know. They're don't guaranteed know. for one of these veterans that are coming out of these contracts. I don't think Ennis Cantor would go there. But no, I could I see Robin so Lopez maybe going there. Oh, for sure. Or they're saying Wayne Ellington's going to get bought out. I could see Wayne Ellington going to the Lakers. Another shooter on that team would be good. They do need those shooter types. But besides, that was my biggest loser. I don't know. I'm just I was in shock because I thought LeBron, the GM, could have pulled out something, and you just didn't see it. Well, that was a loser. A winner for me was Markel Fultz. Oh yes. I think he's going to. It's going to be very good for him to get a fresh start on a new team. Believe it or not, I think Philly fans were a little sour about him towards the end. I mean, he's a, like I've watched I've seen watched a few of his like college and high school videos, and the kid's nasty. He's got a ton of talent. He just needs to actually figure out. What, I don't know what is up with him. If it's like mental, if it's physical, if it's both, it it's something. When you were drafted number one overall, usually you don't become someone who's not even considered like a sixth or seventh option on a team because i mean now with tobias harris at best he would have been fifth and that's not even true he J- would have oh, been J- J- yeah for sure i think um i don't think it's even fair to call him a bust yet because he's no. been on the court so little yeah he's been hurt and he's still trying to find his shot and his identity and you know once like he can find that like comfort he'll be fine I feel like it's just a mental hurdle to get over, too. I think Orlando's going to be a good place for him. Orlando's a perfect place to go because there's no pressure to do good ever. Yeah, they're a front-court-heavy team. All those big guys they have just stocked up. And they missed the hole that Alfred Payton left. <laughs> DJ Augustine, when he saw that trade, is like, shit, I'm never going to be a starter anywhere else. This was it. Or the Suns. Ian, do you have any winners or losers? I'd say Miritich is a pretty big winner right now because I would say the Bucks are the most underrated number one seed in the league in years. So, yeah, I think leaving that bit of a shit show is going to be really good for him. And he's going to have an instant impact for the Bucks. The Pelicans are a mess. They're owned by the New Orleans Saints owners. They're a big loser, too. The wife, because the husband passed away. 
The widow. The widow, who I'm pretty sure doesn't give two shits about basketball. They just care about the football team. They just bought it to keep the team in New Orleans, essentially. They don't care like how they do. But that actually went to the benefit of the Pelicans because the Pelicans – they didn't like the owner isn't involved in all this NBA stuff where like a player goes like, oh I want to leave and then like you feel forced to let him go like in the NFL that doesn't happen. Players can go like I don't want to I don't want to play here anymore and they'd be like, well that's too fucking bad because you're under contract because they don't have the power that the NBA players have. Not even close. So basically, now when the Anthony Davis stuff was going on, she was probably just like, why do I care? <laughs> like he's under contract, he has to play. Or else he's just losing money. So I don't like when the Lakers were throwing these deals out there that like at the time seemed like really good trades. But like if you compare it to what they could get from a team like Boston, then it's not that much better. I mean, you get Kuzma, who's like the best player out of the four offered. But Brandon Ingram also is really good. But no, none of those players compared to how good Jason Tatum is. And he seems to be the center of those New Orleans trades. Do you think any of the Lakers' young guys have all-star potential? Um, I think I think the two I would say that have all-star potential are Ingram and Kuzma still. Did you just say Kuzma's the best out of the four? Yeah. Do we have an argument? Let's do it. No, no, I thought we had an argument like a month and a half back. And that was, a couple of us were for Kuzma. I thought... Well, that was before any of the young players emerged on LeBron's team. I'm not saying it, I'm not okay. going to say Kuzma's good okay, on a fine. bad Lakers team. I'll say he's the best right now, but I think Ball and Ingram both have more potential. Yeah, but I can see, like... I almost called you out there. But because it's, like, fan vote, I feel like a lot of fans like Kuzma more than they like Monzo. Everyone loves Kuz. I called that boy coming out of Utah. Summer (laughs) League, baby. (laughs) Kuz! I mean, besides that, there weren't that, like, other... That many losers. I mean, I'll give my Cavs a shout-out and say they're winners because they keep dumping players that they don't want. Like, uh, no, actually, we're going to switch it quickly. Big losers are Nick Stalskis and Wade Baldwin, who got traded four times and then cut in the process of two days. Ripped to them. They showed up to Cleveland, didn't even get to wear their unis, get shipped off again, and then they get cut by the Pacers. The Rockets were like, we don't even want Nick Stauskas. That's a team that only shoots threes, and they didn't want Nick Stauskas, who literally only shoots threes. So... Our apologies to Nick and Wade Baldwin, but if you're looking for something to do, you could always just come on the pod. I was gonna say, if employment comes, you know, hard to find, uh, we'd love to have you. You guys pay pretty well here, I heard. <laughs> you should hear what size is going on a vacation to. Yeah, undisclosed. I wish I knew. Yeah. <laughs> undisclosed. It's a surprise for later. So I guess it's kind of tied into what we were just talking about, but. What are you more surprised by, the like Anthony Davis no trade or the Mike Conley no trade? Because both are rumored pretty heavily. For me, it's got to be Mike Conley because Mike Conley has been on the block for years, and I know that I know Anthony Davis for the past two or three seasons, I would say, has been on the block. But the Grizzlies—they're the grit and grind. They started off hot this year, and that kind of is very typical of them. Um, for the past couple years, though, they just have not been getting it done. And um, I really thought Conley was going to go before Gasol. I really did. I was definitely more surprised by Mike Conley not being traded. I didn't expect Davis to be traded this deadline because I think the Pelicans can get way better offers in the summer from the Celtics and then even more teams. When the draft lottery comes out, the team with the first pick. I feel like a team that's like a low-key sleeper on this Anthony Davis stuff is the Toronto Raptors because they have a ton of 
of good young players that they could just throw at them. What would the offer be? I feel Siakam? Like you probably have to give Siakam and yeah. Ananobi and, like, a first with, no, like, three firsts and Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I think. I think it would have to be Kyle Lowry because if you think about it, um, he was supposed to go, or he was rumored to go to Memphis in a trade for... Mike Marcus All and Mike yeah, Conley. Yeah, yeah. Toronto, also, major winners with the Marcus Gasol trade. I agree with that. Completely forgot to talk about that. That was an awesome trade. Yeah, that was just kind of slipped in there. And like, I don't know, I feel like within the last hour before the deadline, it just kind of happened. What was it? CJ Miles, Jonas Valanciunas, Del- Delon, Delon Wright, and a 2024 second-round pick. Got to get to a second-round pick. God, get apparently. Ready. This better be a stacked second round get in ready. these next few drafts because they're really banking on it. Yeah, Unless think, LeBron James Jr. is a second-round pick, I don't think it's going to be worth it. Yeah, I think this is a huge trade for the Raptors. <laughs> this season, this still this cements them still as my favorite team in the East. Lowry, Leonard, and Marcus Saw. What do you think about that, say? With Siakam that's and Danny good, Green. That's a pretty good big three. And they have depth, too. Yeah. Yep, they have Ananobi, and this moves Ibaka back to the bench, which having Serge Ibaka and Ananobi come off your bench, pretty, pretty sick. Yeah. Freddie Van Vliet coming off the bench, too. That's a solid piece. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies don't know how little they value Marcus All or how little other teams, but, like, this is the best trade they honestly got. I'm kind of surprised. I'm extremely surprised. Because Valanciunas, I'm not saying Valanciunas is bad. He's good. He's pretty, He's very good. But, like, DeLon Wright and C.J. Miles, to me, are not wor- – like, Marcus Gasol is worth more than those two players in the second-round pick with Jonas. But that's basically, to me, like you're trading Jonas or Marcus Gasol straight up, and then you had to get rid of Cap. Yeah, I don't love it for Memphis. I think they're just really trying to hit that hard reset. But then why didn't they Which, just yeah, – they could have sold Mike Conley If you're doing that, you got to get rid of Conley too. I don't know how much of a, like an instant reset it is though because they also traded Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green for Avery Bradley. So it's like now their well, whole starting rotation. Oh, yeah. he's expiring? Okay, so for right now, their whole rotation is just a bunch of – I don't even know. They just want Jaron Jackson to like, just keep developing. Like three way. years past being a decent starter. And then um, they also have uh, – they signed Kyle Anderson this offseason, and he can't shoot, so that's just a terrible contract. What does Conley's contract look like? Uh, it's really expensive. But he's, it, but he's sticking around for a couple years, though. Yeah, I think he has three left. He was the highest-paid player in the league at one point, I believe. <laughs> and then here came John Wall. <laughs> worst contract ever, in my opinion. Oh, that yeah, John Wall. the worst. For those who don't know, John Wall, John Wall apparently probably fell down a well and, in his home, apparently, and tore his Achilles. Yeah. You know – Last time I remember, I don't remember tearing my Achilles slipping. I don't know where I saw this on Instagram. It might have been ESPN or Bleach Report or something, but Juju Smith-Schuster commented on a post saying that John Wall fell down at his house and tore his Achilles, and Juju goes, what the hell were you doing at the crib, bruh? <laughs> then John Wall was probably just being a dick, like always. Yeah. Sorry, Johnny boy. We'll catch we you wish you a speedy recovery. Nope, two years from now. Oh. I wish you a speedy him, recovery because, you know, John Wall was a player that was defined by his speed, athleticism, and strength. And now that he tore his Achilles, you know what he's not going to have? Speed, athleticism, and strength. 100 to 0 real quick. $50 million in his last year of his contract. And also one of the worst teammates, I think. Oh, I'd, I'd put, you know, dream team, you get him, 
You get Butler. You get LeBron. <laughs> get Carmelo on there. Get Melo, and you get Boogie. I hate Boogie. God, that team would just be charisma through the roof. And then just throw in, like, a really good guy overall. Metal World Peace. Yes. That seals it. Or Lamar. The the body of Lamar Odom. (laughs) The body of Lamar. Because who knows if he's alive. Crackhouse Lamar. (laughs) Oh, God. Rip Lamar. (laughs) Meet you at the brothel. (laughs) We know you're there. So now we – I won't see you there, Lamar. Yeah, probably so not. No, not at all. So now that the, all these trades have settled, who do we think is the teams that you expect to see in the Eastern Conference Finals? Ooh. I think well, I was going to There's no point of asking about the West. Yeah. Because this was the East trade, line, trade deadline, basically. All the Eastern Conference teams stacked up. Right now, I have the Toronto Raptors versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that would be a very exciting matchup. The Sixers look really, really good right now. I know they got rid of some bench depth, but... And then they added some. They added a little bit, too. And immediately after. So people were giving them... People were critiquing, but they fixed it right away. And um, the Raptors just getting Marcus Saul. That was absolutely huge. I think the two best teams in the East are the Raptors and the Celtics. But I'm just happy that the East playoffs is going to be good this year. It's been rough. It's been rough the last few years. Just everyone knows what's going to happen. The way you said that, it's like, I just hope everybody has fun. <laughs> I'm so excited. Look how much fun they're having. <laughs> it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, I can't wait for, like, the sweet trades to see how they did, especially when, like, the Cavs aren't in it. It's all right. We also didn't talk about, for a quick sec, we didn't talk about Otto Porter. To the Bulls? To the Bulls. A team that's trying to tank trades for a player who will probably win them, like, four games, which is huge <laughs> for me <laughs> as a Cavs fan. Yeah, it gets you rid of um, Bobby Portis, who's not been on the block, but he's been mentioned a lot pretty recently. Especially when he punched Miritich in the face. That'll do it. And then um, <laughs> Jabari Parker, who – what the hell happened to Jabari Parker? He had the game evolved past his oh skill my set. God. Everything caught up to him, and then – Left without Tore him. both of his Achilles, uh, ACLs in two separate seasons. I feel really bad for him. He was supposed to be not like a generational player, but they called him Maple Jordan. He was very highly regarded. No, right? that was he was that was Andrew Wiggins. He was the number one, one recruit out of college. Yeah, and then I don't remember that draft really. That was the Embiid Wiggins and Jabari draft. Damn. Embiid was third, and if he didn't break his foot, he was going to be first. So Jabari was number two overall? Yep. And then Wiggins was one, which he played a total of zero games. One of the bigger busts that no one really talks about, Jabari Parker. Yeah, I think it's just because he's still in the league. And once his name fades, they'll be like... A guy you just kind of forget about. Yep. So going back to the East real quick. Um, Who are your top two teams? Um, I don't know if I can fully invest in this Philly team. Just because at the end of the day... I still don't. They added their bench. They didn't add shooters, really, which is their whole issue anyway, was shooting. I mean, Tobias Harris can shoot, but he's not going to shoot threes at an insane rate. And that's what this league is, is a run-and-gun three-point shoot shot league. And, yeah, Joel Embiid can shoot threes, like, as good as any center can. But I'm not calling him, like, the next Steph Curry of centers. TJ McConnell? 
Corkmaz even? I do love TJ. He's a pretty good guy. <laughs> Everyone loves TJ. He's like a cult, he's a folk hero. Now they'll have three folk heroes. They'll have Embiid, Boban, and TJ McConnell. It's TJ time. They're fifth in the East right now. I think they but could surpass they'll move up the pace. To four, probably. Jump up for sure. This Pacers Oladipo injury just really spices things up. It really just puts into like the Pacers low key were like third. I didn't even realize they were third. Honestly, they're playing very well. It's when you're based in Indiana for some reason the media doesn't follow you. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. I don't know what it is. The New York of the Midwest. Okay. Looking back on that Paul George trade now, people were saying how bad it was for Indiana, but that's like the foundation of their team with Oladipo and Sabonis. I think what that trade did is kind of what is happening with this San Antonio Spurs trade from Kawhi, that both teams are benefiting because, yeah, they aren't doing great, but keep in mind their starting point guard also tore his ACL in the beginning of the season, DeJounte Murray. And they're still fifth in the West or sixth. Seventh right now, but seventh. I mean, they're only three games out of the fourth spot. And that team is just exceeding expectations because outside of DeMar and Lamarcus. Lamarcus, that team really isn't that talented. Patty Mills. Rudy Gay's been looking okay. Yeah, I mean, you kind of love Rudy Gay, uh, you know. Toot the horn. Best three-point shooter in the league, maybe. Davis Bertans. Somehow just comes out and just lights out. He reminds me a lot of that uh, the other um, ginger – center that the uh spurs used to have splitter boner matt bonner matt bonner, yeah. bonner. Matt bonner. he had that awesome yeah i think sure. he's from new hampshire yeah. a legend shout out to bonner homegrown <laughs> remember that retirement video he had where he went yeah. to the press conference like, i'm retiring and no one else was there and he's that's like that's so <laughs> us so before we move on to our last and final segment uh we're gonna talk about our sponsor real quick uh, front Row Sports 47. Cy and me are huge fans of Luka Doncic. And he is a huge fan of Porzingis. And how do you yeah. get closer to those players? Well, you can't call them because they really don't pick up the phone or answer any of your messages. But you can own some of their memorabilia still and cool. just stare at it and pretend they did it for you themselves. It's not personalized, but it's the closest thing you're going to get. <laughs> I don't know if this is tempting or sad. It's tempting. It's very tempting. It's very tempting. It's always tempting. You can buy any type of memorabilia. They're expanding their shop, pass cards. They're now going to have pennants, jerseys, balls <laughs> of any sport. <laughs> and then besides that, they're also going to be, if you want to meet the people in person, actually, if you don't believe us that they're great guys, you can check them out at the New York Card Expo in New York. I know. That's crazy. But they'll be there March 8th, 9th, and 10th. And if you tell them the water cooler check down sent you, you might find yourself a sweet little discount. Once again, that's Front Row Sports 47 on Facebook, Live, Instagram, and eBay. Front Row Sports 47. <laughs> Thanks for the sponsor, as always. Dope. Great guys, Chris. Hello, Great Chris guys. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is like the last – yesterday was when the All-Star Draft happened, which last year – Everyone was like, you got to show the draft. And they're like, no, that would hurt players' feelings. They're like, yeah, it must really hurt their feelings to be paid 
twenty plus million dollars and know they were picked last out of all stars. It really eats them up inside. It, it probably kills them. They always, you know, they care so much about this type of stuff when they're getting paid so much money. And uh, this draft, it was kind of cool seeing it live, but at the same time. I honestly wish I didn't see Giannis's picks live because I, say, I feel like one team might be a little better than the other. One team is a lot know. better than the other. Yeah. 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 I think definitely. if I got picked by Giannis past like the starters, I would just be like, oh, God damn it. This sucks. Yeah. Because I don't know what Giannis was looking at when he made these picks. I, I know Giannis is a top player in the NBA. He'll never be a top GM from what I can tell from how he comprised his team. It's pretty atrocious. In comparison to LeBron, yeah. Who basically created this nasty lineup of players he's all trying to get to go to the Lakers. So for those who didn't know. That's tampering. uh, His first pick was Kevin Durant. And he also revealed in it that his first pick last year was also Kevin Durant. And LeBron and Kevin Durant had been tied together in going to the same team after these contracts expire for a little bit not that i think it's gonna happen because i think katie loki hates lebron as given by the quote that came out two days ago saying that when kd beat the Cavs in 2017 he imagined that everyone would now call him the best player on the planet that would never happen <laughs> i think if kd even beat lebron with a cast of like fourth grader tennis girls <laughs> that they could have just thought it was not that impressive yeah we were talking about how lebron james could get a bunch of d3 athletes and how many wins would they get in the nba we're pretty sure they would get like 30 to 36 yeah i said 36 yeah they'd still be a playoff team in my opinion <laughs> really <laughs> so lebron also drafted Kyrie. interesting Tampering times two. Anthony Davis was his first pick in the second round, was it? Yep. Outside of the starters. Yeah. That is interesting. I think the whole televised, the whole televised draft thing. It's cool. I didn't think it lived up to expectations. I would still rather see who they pick rather than not see. So for those who don't know, LeBron basically went with his first five picks, the starters: Durant, Irving, Leonard, Harden, and him. The fact that Harden, who's been in the MVP conversation for quite some time and was picked second to last, <laughs> just shows that the players don't respect his game as much as the fans do, I think. Having one of the best seasons ever, in my opinion. Shout out to Dan. <laughs> James Harden, number one fan. And then Giannis, like, Giannis picked a really tall lineup, and that's the only positive I can say about his team outside of Steph Curry. Giannis teamed up Embiid and Westbrook. Yep. So LeBron originally picked Russell Westbrook, and then Giannis traded him Ben Simmons because when Giannis drafted Ben Simmons, I'm drafting LeBron's boy, Ben Simmons. (laughs) LeBron tried to act like he was pissed, like he actually gave a shit about this. He's like, oh, man, dog, no, no. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, um, it went downhill for Team Giannis extremely quickly because they drafted Chris Middleton. Very quickly. He had to, though. Rotato. You got to take your teammate first. It's a bad look if you don't. You could have taken him, like, last. Well, yeah. Fourth? The last yeah. pick was Bradley Beal. And he took Blake Griffin over Westbrook? Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird. I don't, know, I don't know how Carl Anthony Towns was 
the third to last pick. He was the last big man taken. Vucevic was taken before him. And Aldridge By and Blake who? Griffin. Giannis. Giannis. Really? He was like, I love being the first OM All Stars. I will be D'Angelo Russell and Vucevic. <laughs> and Chris Middleton. <laughs> and then uh yeah, I mean his team's tall, so that should be an interesting look. Maybe but that was part of his plan. Get a bunch of underdogs against the other team and see if they can win. You so know, the score is probably gonna be like hundred eighty to one twenty or something. Uh yeah, overall. LeBron basically picked a bunch of players that he has a dream of playing with because we've heard him b- rumors about him with Kyrie, him with Durant, him with Anthony Davis, him with Damian Lillard. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. A lot of guys are free agents in this soon that he drafted. So LeBron even said there's no tampering charges during All-Star <laughs> weekend. Yep. So I don't y- think those rules actually apply. Everyone remembers correctly, Boogie got traded during All-Star weekend to the Pels. God, they just love trade deadline day. <laughs> Where do you oh. think Boogie's going next year? Um, I think it's too early to tell. I mean, this Warriors team is doing extremely well with him. I think if Durant leaves, Boogie will stay. All right. I, I, think, he, I think he's gone no matter what. Where do you think he's going? I honestly have no clue at this point. Really? No, I could see him going back to the Pelicans. What about the Knicks? That'd be crazy. The Knicks? I don't know. They, I don't know. I'm telling you, the Knicks market, if it dries up extremely quickly with the players they want, they could pay a lot of money for Boogie. Imagine Boogie being the face of the Knicks, just being this like brash, aggressive Knicks team. Dude, the Knicks fans loved Ennis Cantor, and Boogie is like a thousand times better version of Ennis Cantor. I just want the Knicks to be good again. What? I agree with that. It's debatable. That's a joke. Please. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. I'm sorry, what? And his cantor just got bought out. <laughs> I don't know why. I can see Boogie going to the Clips. I think if they've got that room and he signed the contract like he just recently did. Lob City with Boogie? <laughs> Kawhi and Boogie? I think Boogie would be willing to take that sort of pay cut. They wouldn't have to do a pay cut. They'd have a two-max contract deal. They have a lot of cap room. And maybe you heard it here first. I probably did not. Who are your sources? That's why I said it. I don't know. I could just see Boogie going to the Clips. My source is Billy Crystal because he loves the Clippers. <laughs> I love Clippers games. Steve Bomber would absolutely love that. He'd go Steve, crazy. Steve Bomber gets fits whenever his team gets layups. Yeah. <laughs> you see him in the corner like karate chopping air. <laughs> I mean, your job before was working at Microsoft, which I can't imagine is a, a thrilling adventure. Must be nice to go to the office. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Do the karate kicks. Like when he let Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin tried, he tried to shake Blake Griffin's hand, and he he ran to the the room. God. So overall, I mean, it's All Star Week coming up soon. So this was kind of cool, but it's definitely the I think it's honestly the best version of like the Pro Bowl All Star Game type things. Definitely. Because like basketball is a game where honestly in the regular season you don't see a ton of effort, so you're not really you're just seeing top quality talent actually play a game like they normally would basically anyway and you can see how ridiculous their shooting ranges are or like their best dunks are it's just cool and the skill games are the best out of anything you get to watch what would you rather watch the nba skill challenge or the nfl pro bowl i'd rather watch the skill challenge yeah i would rather watch skill challenges than the actual game in any sport like I like the the nfl pro bowl ones i like like the qb accuracy one the best that was fun to watch 
We, yeah, me and Cy, we, we watched a few YouTube videos in classic us fashion, you know. Us Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck with his bucket hat. <laughs> Getting outthrown by like terrible performance. <laughs> getting outthrown by Adam Thielen. Oh, that was a good throw, man. Good job out there. But so yeah, what's your prediction for the All Star Game? Are we all saying Team LeBron will take it? If Team Giannis wins, yeah. I will be extremely surprised. I, have, I for sure have Team LeBron. Team Giannis kind of looks like like bad news bears in comparison to the other team. That's bad news. But with, in the All Star game, in the All Star game, no one really plays that hard. So maybe some of these underdogs will have a chip on their shoulder and well, go maybe, for the win. Maybe Zion will make a guest appearance. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh Hopefully, my God. We can finish it off with, uh, what do we think about this college draft class? This was totally off the top of my head. By the way, all of us are unprepared for this. Jay Morant. Holy shit. Yeah, I've just started hearing about him recently, and he looks He has skyrocketed insane. to second on Bleacher Report. Yeah, he's the biggest mid-major school recruit coming out since probably Damian Lillard. I think it's a very top-heavy class, and maybe that's just yeah. because I don't know many of the, like, I think we won't know until, like, March Madness time. That's when, like, a lot yes. of scouts, like, finalize their mid-round picks. Uh, there's, like, no, like, Grayson Allen type with, like, the four years at the same school type thing yeah. where you're like, all right, well, he's going to be, like, end of the first. But, yeah, as a, a person whose team's going to own a top three pick, I'm extremely excited. Should be. <laughs> I saw most recently we were projected to get R.J. Barrett, and I'm totally cool with that. And with the new lottery rules, is it the top three? Have the eight, 14. 14. Yeah. Yep. 14%, 14. 14.5. So Cash will definitely be in there. Yep, we're a lock, basically. Unless Why? Kevin Love's return just absolutely fucks us, which I will not be surprised. If the Cavs get the number one pick, are you all in on Zion? Yo, I would kill for Zion. <laughs> Who's your number two? Probably either Morin or Barrett. Between, yeah, Morin and Barrett. I, I wouldn't be disappointed with either, that. honestly. And then Reddish is Morin's a shooting guard, right? Five. Morin? What? I think, I think he's point point guard shooting guard. Well, then I w- they probably wouldn't take him because the Cavs love Sexton. Or, like we w- Sexton. or we would trade Sexton, which I, I a team did that a few years ago where they drafted – oh, the Lakers, where they drafted Lonzo and then traded D'Angelo Russell away. But D'Angelo Russell was also in, like, year three versus Colin Sexton being in year two. And Colin Sexton didn't le- leak any sex stuff about his <laughs> teammates on – Snapchat. He's matured though now. He's cool. Yeah, He's Ru- an all-star. Russell's recovered from that incident. He's an all-star now. He's leading the Nets to the promised land. And for that, we couldn't be more grateful. Cam Reddish is a guy who I think a team who maybe falls maybe five to seven could get a very high talent. Because coming into the year, he was like a top three recruit. But, but just now, being on Duke, playing behind Barrett and Zion. I feel like I'm like one of the only people in the whole world who thinks this. But I feel like Cam Reddish would extremely benefit from entering the draft next year, not this year. Because he could be a way higher pick next year, but you're not getting to see his full potential on this Duke team. So you're kind of like yeah, money te- is so important. He's number three on that team. Yeah. So you want him to lead a team and yeah. see what he can do. And the money is so drastically different in the top ten from each pick going down that if you want to make their most money, you should wait a year because you'll be better than <laughs> LaMelo Ball. <laughs> But sitting another year is also a very big risk because I think this year is guaranteed top 10 if he does declare. And then next year, you never know, he could get hurt. 
and fall into the late first round. Yeah, that's true. Like a guy like Bull Bull that happened to him this Bull year. Bull. But I think he's still going to be top 15. Yeah. He'll probably be like a Michael Porter type pick. Yeah. I think the issue with like those Bull Bull types is that they're big men. So with the once those legs injuries happen, it yeah. doesn't get any better from then past that point. That was the risk with Embiid. Yeah, he kept when he was being with drafted, his foot. Yeah, I think you just him out. His, is Bobo is also his foot. I believe it's either his leg or his foot. But with that, with like the medical, the medical team, some of these. He yeah, left foot injury. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> but if you just sit him out a year, rehab a lot, recover, <laughs> swim in the pool, <laughs> do those laps. Embiid's looking good now. True. And B came on like freaking hotcakes in that first like twenty games he ever played, and then sat out for the rest of the season. But how tall is Bobo? Is he like seven three? Seven six. Is, it says on this website that I'm currently looking at that he is seven feet. Just he's seven. Tall. He's seven foot three with a seven foot eight wingspan. Impressive. <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's uh, it's pretty good if you like exceptional. Tall people, exceptionally Who's tall. Who's that people. really tall guy? Taco Fall. Taco Fall. <laughs> UCF. Whatever I've, happened to him? I have watched him live play UConn, and that dude. Oh, you have a picture of him, don't you? I do have a picture of him. This dude is honestly the tallest dude I've ever seen. That being said, he sucks at basketball. Does he? He's is he just at six. Yes, he like on the court. <laughs> I was like, big. I was in like the second row of like the 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 seats. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we were, I was at head level. <laughs> oh I was like, oh, <laughs> like, me and my dad were like, who the hell is that? And I was like, I couldn't really hear what the announcer was saying. I just kept hearing all. and like, Taco Ball? Is this like a ball, brother? <laughs> like, what's happening here? But I think somebody like him and even Ball Ball, they're not going to be good unless they bulk up. Or not as good as they could be. Think about Mo Bamba right now. Jonathan Isaac on the Magic, too. He hasn't reached full potential. He was taken, I think... Uh, Maybe the sixth pick or maybe top five two years back. Yeah. I love in, a, in a really Isaac. stacked draft class, too. Um, somebody I wanted to mention who I think is kind of sneaking into the conversation like Jay Morant is Romeo Langford. He's a guard, a freshman guard out of Indiana. He's averaging 17.6 a game, 5.4 boards, and 2.3 assists. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of following the trend of the past couple of years where a freshman guard completely comes out of nowhere into the conversation. Colin Sexton. Mark L. Fultz. That was wild when Markel Fultz popped out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I think that about does it for today's pod. We covered all of our topics. Next podcast we do, I know I released it on Instagram. This was not a dick tease. The Champions League podcast is coming out this in the next four days. That's the benchmark I'm setting for it. Because it's coming up soon, and we are, we do not need to be behind it. So it will be coming out. Name is still in progress. I'm thinking, like, names of the podcast could be, like, uh, Water Cooler FC, maybe. Yeah. Or Water Cooler United. <laughs> when do the first leg of these games start? Next week or the week after, I believe. I thought they already started. Did they already start this No. Time? It's good. No, no, we're good. We're good. We're gonna be all caught up. You'll catch me and Ian there. We'll have a few of our friends. I don't think Sai says he wants to be there. I don't know enough about soccer, but we will have people that know what they're talking about. Sorry, it won't foot, football. Football. 
Well, we have people who know what we're talking about. It'll be exciting. You have a lot to look forward to. And as always, it's been great being here. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Corey Walsh. I'm Ian Lenahan. I'm Cy. J-Bone. <laughs> Go Tottenham. Peace.